No. Oh my God. No. I would no. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a no. No. No, Cleo. No. We just went on a fucking roller coaster. You could have said no like 45 seconds ago. <laughs> I did, and I just drew it out. <laughs> no, Cleo. The <laughs> condensation. It's a no. Not you. <laughs> Not Hermione, you. <laughs> Nick fucks that thing up every time. It's now on record. He says, not you, not Hermione, you. Every time. And it's wrong. Like, it doesn't up. make sense. And it's so beautiful. Okay. Hi, guys. And welcome back to Escaping Reality the podcast where four friends watch and discuss reality competition shows in order to escape the world outside. It's been an okay week. I'm more escaping work than actually escaping the world, but I don't know how we're all feeling. So I hope this podcast finds you thriving, but also needing to escape at the same time. This episode, we are talking about Survivor season 41, episode five, entitled The Strategist or The Loyalist. And before we get into it, just make sure you have subscribed to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You followed our podcast on Spotify, giving us a rating and or a review if you really want to just earn all the brownie points with the Escaping Reality team. And make sure you always tell two friends about the pod. Right now, this fall, we have already covered Circle Season 3. Here's hoping Season 4 drops soon. We are currently covering Survivor Season 41, The Challenge Season 37, and RuPaul's Drag Race Season 3 of UK. So like, There's so many ways to get your friends to listen. You don't even have to just love Survivor. So share it with your friends, tell them where you came from, and we'd love to continue growing our little fam. Just a reminder, Survivor episodes drop on Tuesdays, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 3 episodes drop on Thursdays, and the challenge drops when we feel like it. Um, If you want your thoughts featured on the pod, please DM us or email us at escapingrealitypod on Instagram or escapingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter. I'm not good at the Twitter account. So don't say, hey, Aggie, I have thoughts for you. I won't read it. But others of the team are available on Twitter if you need us. All right. That's how you get on Fans of Spoken. We don't have any this week. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on next week's episode. And with that, let's get into our conversation about season 41, episode five. Really quickly before we talk about that, I just wanted to quickly acknowledge what we heard about the recent attack this week on Michelle Yee, who was actually one of our favorite players from Survivor Fiji season 14. And we just wanted to say we obviously stand in solidarity with the Asian American Pacific Islander community and do not condone any form of racism on this podcast. And she's in our thoughts and prayers as she continues to recover and we send her all the best. So just wanted to acknowledge that before we start talking about some of our other favorite players who I hope we all have some after this episode of season 41. Not to like completely heel turn into like a very different conversation. Let's talk about season 41, episode five, the strategist or the loyalist. I'm just going to throw it to Anna and have a starter off with our one minute thoughts. And then we'll get into what happened. But Anna, you're up first. Oh boy, oh boy. Episode five was fab. Episode four, if you listen to our podcast, we raved about it. We loved it. We had so many great things to say. We called it the first good episode of the season. And I'm happy to report that episode five delivers again. 
if perhaps you're listening to this podcast because you heard myself and Stacy on this week's episode of Speaking Llama, Stacy and I joined Caleb on Speaking Llama to recap episode five right after it aired on Wednesday night. And one of the things that I said while we were on that podcast was like our praises of episode four were that it spent time doing all the things that the first few episodes did not. So like we heard conversations, we saw actual relationship building, we weren't spending time hunting for idols and advantages. And in this latest episode, episode five I feel like we kept the same strong vibe of like it was a great episode but we still had like an idol was found we had a second location where we went to like risk our vote for an advantage and it didn't feel disconnected so it proved that we can have the best of both worlds and that the survivor team is capable of giving us an episode that isn't so heavy on one thing or the other and we really can have a beautiful balance of team building conversations to move the narrative along and you know fun twists it was very very pleasant to see us have it all. And I hope it continues. And we deserve it to be perfectly honest after 40 seasons. Stacey, you're up next. Yeah. (laughs) When Anna said you can have it all, I just thought of like, just never settle. And we are never going to settle for mediocre survivor. (laughs) We waited patiently and now we've had two episodes in a row that have been great. So I was excited about this episode. I, I think, like I said, in the, in the speaking llama podcast, the way I knew it was great is that I enjoyed the strategy. Like I was very invested in that. And there were some touching moments where I cried. And I think when there's a good balance, That is when you know that you've gotten what you need from a Survivor episode. So yeah, I liked just seeing more like conversations between players. I liked that I was actually unsure of like who was going home at the end. I like when it's not too predictable. And yeah, I mean, I just, I thought it was a quality episode all around. Oh, Stacey, so succinct, always clear with your feelings and your thoughts. Nick, would you like to go next? Yeah, I agree definitely with Anna and Stacey. I think the episode was strong and it followed last week's episode well, giving us a good taste of this new season 41, but also bringing in what we have all loved about Old Survivor as well. We will get into it, but I just like want to put out there right now the editing that like maybe some of us were unsure about like in the first two episodes came through this week and I was so about it and I was like yes so I'm excited to like talk about that but I really like how like we're getting back to the old storytelling but keeping this new age of editing this new age of things coming in and all of that while still bringing in the old school stuff. In the words of the late great Hannah Montana you truly do get the best of both worlds. I don't know if we should be calling Hannah Montana late. Do you know what I mean? I mean, she's not around anymore. But she ain't dead. I feel like the artist formerly known as Hannah Montana. There, we go. there it is. Thank you, Hannah. Here Thank she is, you. Anyway, I don't know if I need to say much more. I think you guys kind of hit all the high points of what made this episode so great. I think there's nothing like an oolong situation where just one team just continues to like not win. But I also think there was a lot of cool twists that we kind of hadn't talked about or seen yet. I think the reveal about the idol and how it like maybe wouldn't wouldn't work if they couldn't all get it activated was really exciting. We'll talk about that in a second. I think Survivor, the Survivor gods, if you will, are keeping some things from the audience. And while I don't always like that, I think it was very successfully used in this episode, like Nick said. Said, yikes, like Nick said, oh my God. And I agree with Anna and Stacey. It was just like a fun episode of showing that 
we can have story and we can have plot and like relationship building, but also have exactly what Survivor is, is like actually trying to survive the immunity challenges, all of it, it can come together so well. Also, when there's no food to stage poorly, the reward just seems better. Anyway, we're moving on. I decided the way I would break up this time between tribal council and the challenge. We're just going to talk about it by tribe because I felt like that made the most sense given what we were shown. We're going to spend the most time with our favorite green tribe, Ua, who just like, they can't, they can't get off the screen because they're always going to tribal council. And so let's talk post-tribal. How are they feeling? Just for some context, Jeannie was saved. It was not JD who went home last week. And then um, they're looking for the idol that Brad went home with. So we were all wondering, like, did he will it to someone, whatever? No, it was just rehidden, which I don't know why that wasn't like a, yeah, it just makes sense that it was rehidden. They find it and like, they do like a lot of strategizing to figure out what they're going to do with this idol, who's going to take it, etc. So I'd love to hear our thoughts. Did we think they made the right decision? How do we feel about Shan, Ricard, Jeannie, their plan? I mean, I, yeah, I found it just very interesting just kind of seeing, yeah, what they were doing. Is this a good time to talk about Shannon Ricard specifically? Is that what we're doing? Add it, Stacey, whatever feels. (laughs) Well, yeah, because Shannon Ricard, like, it's just, I mean, they're working very well together. Like they're really talking about what they're going to do. They are fooling Jeannie. Poor Jeannie just is a little maybe too trusting for them. (laughs) Like she doesn't have an option, but I just feel like she really trusted everything they said. Honestly, what stood out to me about Ua is when they convinced her to not look at the idol, but then still to say the phrase at the challenge. The fact that they pulled that off and it seems like Jeannie never realized like, oh, they actually will have the idol now. That was just masterful. I guess that's what I took away from Ua is Ricard and Shan are very, very good at this right now. I agree. My only issue with the way that we saw that scene was, and maybe I'm being hypercritical, but it seemed almost as if they were restaging something the way that it was filmed and like the way that Shannon and Ricard were speaking. Like, I don't know, something about it felt a little bit put on, but something about like what we saw looked as if like maybe they had already decided something off camera and then they were like, okay, we got to re like shoot this, say the same thing again. But yeah, poor Jeannie. It sucks because to say, let's go to the challenge and say the phrase anyway, is such a good idea. Even if they hadn't found the idol would have been a really good idea. And so I don't want to fault her too much for being like, yeah, okay, let's do it. But at the same time, like knowing what we know from the audience perspective, you're like, oh my God, how did she not realize that they had it? But also it would have been a good idea even if they didn't have it. So poor Jeannie, a little bit naive, but I, I don't blame her too much. But also I totally do because it's Survivor. And I was in the same way. I think it like it was like a good idea to be like, we know what the phrase is. So we don't have to open it. We can see like, is it worth it to lose our vote? So like, I understand, but yeah, like it does come off that just like the way that we're seeing things, it does come off of like, Jeannie is just like being kind of naive and you're like, oh, poor Jeannie. It's kind of like how you feel about Xander. You're like, oh, you're just getting played like a fiddle and you don't even know. But I agree. Like, I think Shan and Ricard are both great players. Like, they have been my number one and two since episode one, Ricard especially. So I love seeing them, like, work together in such a strong way to outlast their entire tribe and also just, like, take control of their side of the game. Because 
as much as like we say like you don't want to go to tribal it does show from the very beginning who is a strong player because like Luvu like we don't know if any of those people are going to be good at the social game they haven't had to use their social game at all so right now like we can already tell that like Ricard and Shan are two of the strongest social players in this season yeah, I agree. It was just kind of masterful to watch them convince Jeannie to say the word, but like no one has the idol. And I think the key here is that, so Jeannie finds it. Why is Jeannie telling anyone? Anyway, Jeannie finds it and she's like, what should we do with it? And they're all like, let's just leave it. And then Shan, being a smart player, was like, I feel like we kind of have to risk it because I have an extra vote. I could just give that to Ricard and he could still vote Jeannie out even if I can't vote. Jeannie didn't have that solution. So I think that's why Jeannie was kind of wary of taking it because then it's like, well, what if it doesn't get activated? Then I don't have a vote. And that's a little scary. And so it was very masterful to watch them just be like, Jeannie, let's just leave it. And then Shan goes back and they hide a a new thing in there just in case. And then they go to the challenge and they get it activated. And now it's just like, there's, they, they're holding all the cards, even on a team with like three people, they're holding all the cards, which is pretty exciting. I do think we'll talk about it later. I do think they do implicitly trust each other, but it's hard when they've seen each other do bad things to someone else to fully trust that they actually are each other's number one. And I think this is the first time that I've seen it so clearly as to why they wouldn't just trust their number one. And I think it's because they were in lockstep up until that point and doing the same things that they kind of had to do to each other in this moment. And so it's like, they're very interesting to watch. And I just am very excited to watch them play the rest of this season. Okay, there's not a lot that happened at the other tribes. Let's quickly talk about Luvu and... I'm going to just really talk about Luvu and Nasir. We'll talk about Nasir's secret later, but let's just talk about how the fact that the men were trying to decide, did they throw the challenge? Sydney's there and catching fish, like she's Aussie or something. And I just like, don't care for that edit. So we don't need to speak on it, but the men are trying to decide if they want to throw the challenge and Nasir is like, no. And then they like have this moment, like this little bro moment of like, I don't think we need to guys. Like, I think it's going to be fine. And then he's like, and I'm feeling accepted by Danny and Deshaun. I was like, I don't know if you are accepted by Danny and Deshaun this year, but like, I'm liking this moment for you. So I don't know if there's more to say on that. If anyone wants to speak on it, now's your moment. I mean, I'll always speak on this year. Um, also just special shout out. Like you mentioned, we have that weird scene, that standalone scene of Sydney catching fish. And you're like, stop trying to make it something. It's not going to be something. <laughs> Like, good for you. Snaps for Sydney, but I don't care. But yeah, we've been soft launching this year for the last couple episodes. If you've been listening, you've heard my two cents about him of like, what's gonna happen? And I'm so happy to see that he's getting some screen time because I think he's going places in this game. Um, and it was just so cute to get some some conversations between Danny and Deshaun, who I feel like we've seen a lot of, and this year, who I think is going to start to play a larger role. Um, obviously we'll talk about what did you call it Nasir's secret <laughs> Nasir's secret but my biggest takeaway from their conversation is like obviously in episode four Deshaun was very adamant about throwing the challenge but Nasir came in and like absolutely crushed the challenge because he was not clued into throwing the challenge and then in this episode they're like what if we throw the challenge and Nasir is like no that's a bad idea I do not want to throw the challenge. And also besties, if we lose, we lose our fire. And that's, that's our lifeline. And so he was 
seem to be the only one thinking of it that way, where like you can have the conversation of, okay, is it worthwhile to throw the challenge because of reasons X, Y, and Z? Like if we haven't gone to tribal, maybe that's a good move to, to put us there of our own volition. Um, but no one has been talking about the downside yet. And so I appreciated his perspective of like, uh, no, this would be bad for these reasons. I don't want to. And then he did fab in the challenge again, like absolutely coming in clutch. Big fan of Nasir. I also, I really like Nasir too. But I think Danny and Deshaun are just like, they, they're not thinking enough. They fully were just like, hey, Nasir, we're going to throw a challenge. And like, we want to do that for this reason. And he's like, no, Danny and Deshaun, you, did you not think about like, what what's going to happen if he says no? Like you just revealed this like plan and then it, it, it's not going to work because Nasir doesn't want to do that. But now he knows that you two are trying to be like devious and try and like be cunning and try and throw challenges. And like, guys, you need to think about this. It, it just felt like a disconnect. Like Danny and John like just didn't think through it. They're just like, well, we're just going to tell him and then he's going to do it. And that's what we're going to do. I'm like, but you didn't think of the other side because now you have somebody who is against you because they don't want to do that. And it's like the scenes kind of not fully thought out. I didn't read it exactly like that, but I, it could be like me not paying attention. So please correct me if you guys think I'm wrong. I did not read it as them telling Nasir, hey, we're going to throw the challenge. And then Nasir being like, no. And then them being like, well, now we're on the outs of him. Because Nasir comes out of it being like, they're actually listening to me. Like, this is a moment where I am now feeling like a part of this tribe and I'm making the decisions for our tribe and I'm no longer ousted on the outside. So to me, I actually think it was beneficial for them because I don't think they approached it as, hey, we want to throw the challenge. They approached it as like, we've been toying with this idea for this reason, because they did give the reason of like, like we're going to be severely outnumbered if a man is gone, if Ua comes back and another guy is gone. So they then bring this up to Nasir and then Nasir does make up, make this good point about the fire and they respond and like, oh my God, we didn't think about it that way which I think validates Nasir and also shows that they weren't planning on it without him, which I think gave him a sense of comfort in their tribe. I didn't think it was so much so like they fucked up their game by telling Nasir about it. He left it feeling more confident than he went into it, even though it was something he didn't want to do. I agree. I, I think where I'm coming from with it is like, it could have been really bad. Got it. Got like it, got it. it could have been an issue and like you got lucky this time, but I hope like you think through it because if you try this again, the other person might not take it like Nasir did and might feel a certain way because you're like revealing parts of your plan. I read the moment is a little more simplistic than that. I saw it as a moment, a scene for Nasir, not necessarily Danny and Deshaun. And so the outcome of the way that I interpreted it, I think is more in line with what you were saying, Aggie, of like, we've already seen conversations in the first couple episodes about Nasir being on the outs of the tribe and like providing for them being great in challenges. And this is the first time that anyone's really approached him to talk strategy. And so that was my takeaway is like, okay, he's finally a part of the conversation, whatever that means for Danny and Deshaun up for debate. But I was like, okay, we're seeing him being welcomed and finally a part of the conversation a step forward. Yeah, that was kind of how I saw it too, or what I took away. But then I got confused because <laughs> Caleb was saying, I think that that was like all kind of fake, like that Deshaun and Danny were like, just trying to like, make him feel comfortable. And I was like, honestly, I might have missed that part. <laughs> so I don't know if it was a genuine, like reach out or if it was just like, 
you know, to get them kind of on their side. But either way, it was nice to see Nasir just being more a part of strategy talk. Yeah, I, my final thought is I don't think Danny and Deshaun didn't think about it. Given how much they've thought about other things, I don't think they didn't think about what they were doing when they talked to Nasir. Whether or not it had the intended outcome is like to, remains to be seen. But let's move on to Yasa, our favorite tribe of three women plus Xander. I don't have a lot to say about Yasa other than like Tiffany seems to constantly be concerned about Xander. She thinks Evie is very close with him. I don't know if that's Evie's doing in that like Evie is spending time with Xander, which is like the long game of making Xander feel comfortable. But then there's this whole thing like Xander has the idol in his backpack. So they go through his shit and try and figure out like, hey, what does he have in here? And then he randomly decides to tell Tiffany about it after she already found it. And then she catches him in this lie. And it's just like very cringe. I was like, I hate this. Like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. They don't, it doesn't seem to me like they really trust each other at all. And they're just like, we haven't had to worry about them right now because they're not going to tribal council for the first time in a while. So I don't know if anyone has strong feelings about anyone on Yasa, please speak now. My thing with Yasa is like, I feel this kind of protection over Xander and I don't know, I think it's like the same way that I felt it towards Eric of like, you sweet poor baby angel. These poor women are going to destroy you. And like they are, and I feel so bad. And like, we're just watching this edit of like Xander, like getting played from all different angles by these three boss ass bitches. Like I feel bad, but at the same time, like I love it. Although I will say, like, Tiffany is annoying me. She's proving why you should have gotten rid of her, not Voce, because she's already being beyond paranoid. Every Like, every edit we get of Tiffany is her being paranoid about something. And, like, that's going to ruin your game further down the line. I'm actually becoming more Team Tiffany <laughs> these days after that episode. I just, I mean, I just thought she was funny. Like the way she's just looking straight into the camera <laughs> and just rolling her eyes, like, and just straight up being like, I thought you said you found this today, but you said that phrase <laughs> like two days ago. I don't know. I think she, like she definitely has influence in her tribe. And I'm, I want to see like once they get to whatever this merge is, kind of how that goes. Cause I know when she had the, whatever that advantage was where she met up with Sydney and someone, I know like they did not seem to be getting along but I think her tribe aside from Xander does really trust her now so I am curious to see how that goes I don't know I'm honestly just like ready for a merge I think just to see how these people play like with others because I just feel like we kind of know their dynamic with each other now but I want to see it in a larger or a swap anything just to like see it with different people I totally agree I think Yasa I think is going to be an interesting tribe at the merge because we're going to test some Luvu actual alliances. But Yasa, I don't think is going to stick together. And I think Ua is going to use that to their advantage. So I will be very intrigued to see how that plays out. I'm also intrigued leading into our next conversation just about the idol. One, we found out the idol does not work if it doesn't get activated before the merge. And I was like, that's sick. And then second, I didn't think about this until like this episode, but we know who has the idols based on who says the phrase. Like everybody knows who has that. I, I guess on Luvu they don't because not everyone on the tribe knows about the twist. But like the other two tribes, everyone on those tribes knows about the twist. So they all know Nasir has an idol. So I don't know if that was a planned thing where, where they're like, you have an idol, but it's it's no longer a secret who has it. Like I, I think the idea was that like only the three people who said the phrases would know, but then the other people just told everyone. 
I feel like the producers are like, well, nobody has to know except for the three people who say the phrases. Like, that's the whole thing. I'm like trying to work in that phrase. So, and like, you kind of sounding crazy. But then Xander just literally told every single person. And then the Ua tribe like went on and searched for it themselves. And it's also only two people. So, like, of course, Ricard and Chan both know. So, I think that's just like the issue that came up with it. I read something, I don't know if it was on Twitter or the Facebook group that I'm in, but somebody was like, I sincerely hope that next season people show up with an active plan to just say a random phrase at every single challenge, like fuck with people. Um, And I think that could be a very interesting development from this idea of like, whoever's saying it, like it's a dead giveaway, but it's also only dead giveaway, like you said, because everyone's sharing all their information, which again, shout out to Caleb at Speaking Llama. We talked a lot about like, the, the lack of secrecy in this game so far and everyone's inability to keep their information to themselves. But I do still think, or at least I want to think that even if people didn't know that these particular phrases meant that that person had found the idol, I do think people would catch on if there is a consistent back and forth at each challenge of the same weird, very specific phrase from the same person. Like, I would, maybe I'm just the type of person who notices that stuff, but like if I were in a situation where someone was repeatedly saying a really, really weird thing, and then it was a call and response, like, I don't know that I would deduce that they have an idol per se, but I think I would be on to some kind of scent. And so I think it's, it's fun to think about, okay, what is this going to mean next season? Are people going to use it as a trick? Because I think they totally would. Yeah. And actually, I just remembered that didn't Evie tell someone from Luvu about like Xander's idol situation so like Luvu might know too honestly after uh, Monsieur said that phrase whoever that was is probably like wait a second this is the phrase thing again it's better I mean I guess having an I I don't know actually but I was gonna say having an idol even if it's not a secret is still better than not having an idol unless they blindside you of course I mean you know we will see we didn't really talk about the fact that the new rules state it's like not helpful past the merge if you don't activate it because spoiler alert, we go to the in- immunity challenge and wow, wow, I had the like wool pulled over my eyes, Survivor, you fucking killed it. You fucking killed it. I know Nick has a lot of feelings about this, but just for context, we get to the challenge. Shan says the thing about broccoli on her own, throws it to Xander, like Jeff didn't even have to be involved. Xander says his. And then there's this like building music, like, is it going to get activated? And then boom, Nasir says the third phrase and we're all like, what the fuck? So Nick, I know you have strong feelings about this moment. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you have it, have your moment. And then others, if you would like to comment on Nasir and him and his daughter practicing hiding idols, we can talk after Nick goes. Um, I just think like, this just makes the new way of them editing things and like backtracking and like doing flash like so good it was such a good reveal like me and aggie were gagged oh it was just such good television i can't even like express into words it was the drama the gall the gumption the audacity the cheek the nerve like it was so good it's going back to like what Jeff said of like, we're not going to tell the audience some things that the castaways might know. And like, I know we are all kind of feeling a type of way about it. No, I am in it. Don't tell me everything. Show me shit as it happens. Show me shit as the castaways find out and it's revealed to them. Cause this is fucking lit. Yeah, I texted Anna and I was just like, Nasir, like coming through in the clutch. Like no one expected it. And there it is. And I just, I have a feeling like 
I mean, that is a strange phrase. And I feel like he was just like, I don't even know how to like smoothly say this. I'm just going to say, wait, Jeff, I'm as confused as a goat on AstroTurf. And it's just, these phrases are just so random. Like it just, there's no way to include that like gracefully, but Hey, he did it. And then the scene after, which I thought that they said his wife had been hiding the idols. It was his daughter, I think. But um, that too, that was the first time I teared up, I think, in this episode was just like picturing him finding idols in his backyard because of his daughter. So yes, it was a great moment for Nasir, for sure. I totally agree with you, Nick, about like, if this is how we're going to handle the flashback sequences, I'm all for it. And to return to what I said earlier and what I've been saying, because we've been new about Nasir, guys. We've been new. We've been soft launching Nasir. And I think in all of my statements about like, what are we building up to? I think, again, we're finally getting the Nasir that we've been slowly planting seeds to have. And so when it was revealed that he had found the idol, I was like surprised. But they had they had given enough hints that Nasir was going to be important. And even in this episode, like when he was talking to Danny and Deshaun at the well, they had a conversation about like, so do you think anyone's found the idol yet? And they were like, oh, I think maybe like Erica could be the only one who might possibly have it. And I was like, okay, we're talking about the idol. Like we're very specifically at Luvu saying, hey, do you think anyone's found the idol? And so it didn't totally come out of nowhere, which I appreciated. It was a surprising, shocking reveal, but I didn't feel that it had no context. And that's what I really loved about it. Like, I was surprised as a viewer, but I felt prepared to be like, okay, Nasir has found an idol and this is what's going on. I feel up to speed. I believe that he could have done that. And I feel good about what we're being shown. I, I, I felt like I, I could trust the survivor editors in that moment. I'm not going to say much about more about the reveal because I feel like you guys have covered it. I would like to discuss his daughter hiding idols in his yard and him going to find them. And then him saying to the screen, you did this, baby. You did this. Your practice made me be able to find an idol. I was like, don't make me cry this year. I don't, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve it. But it was adorable. I was like, oh my God, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But yeah, that was, that was the gag of the immunity challenge. The immunity challenge wasn't interesting after that. You're like, I don't care. But just, just for everyone's knowledge, this is what they had to do. They had to get themselves over a frame. Three people got to sit out on Luvu also, by the way, because there's only three people on fucking Ua. So like, it was just three people participating and like three cheerleaders. But they had to get themselves over a frame. Then they had to un- like unbraid basically a like table puzzle, get a key, release some sandbags and take down some targets with a slingshot. The MVP of this was Nasir. He like basically did the whole challenge himself. Danny's just like chilling. And then Sydney's there. And you have this moment of like Ricard almost getting there in the end. I felt like the second half of this challenge, like with the sandbags, when their team was Jeannie and Shan, who probably couldn't have like even done the slingshot. So it was like all on Ricard. And then Ricard was like struggling with it. I was like, this is not going to end well. Because like, I just know was going back to tribal council. But does anyone feel strong about the challenge? I'm going to breeze right through it if we don't. Perfect. There it is. There's your recap on the challenge. The winners, surprising everyone. Yasa came in first. Woo! Team. Good job, wow. Xander. Um, and then Luvu came in second. There was a bit of touch and go there for a second, but I mean, Ricard's things literally never felt like he hit it once and it didn't fall down. So I was like, I give up. This is not fair. Anyway, they all get a tarp because it was an re- immunity plus reward challenge. So they each get a tarp. One of them smaller, I think. I don't know. But then Jeff's like, y'all are going to go on an excursion. And I was like, I don't need to go on an excursion, Jeff. 
but here we are going on another one. Yasa gets to pick someone from, I believe, Ua. And then the second person to go with her is can be from Yasa or from Luvu. Um, and so this is the end of Luvu's participation in this episode because they send Shan and then Liana goes with her. So we don't need to talk to Luvu anymore this episode. We're going to start with talking about Shan and Liana's like crying on the mountain. Because to me, that's more interesting than the advantage. First off, I think this is the first moment where two people of color discuss the fact that there are enough people of color on this season that they can actually rely on each other as like alliance members based on like the commonality of their skin. But they like actively bring it up, which is kind of similar. I feel like Stacey, we've been circling around this idea of like, is this going to be like Big Brother where they all say to each other, like for our group, we kind of have to work together. And I feel like this was almost a hint of that, like a shade of that with Liana and Shan. But then it was also like them having a very real, honest, lovely conversation about her, like Shan's mom dying. And we got this whole backstory on Shan about how she became a pastor and like how she was in like a gang. And I was like, I'm in love with you. I, I love you. I think you're just like a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I think we need to protect you at all costs. But Stacey, I cried at this part. So I'm assuming you also cried. So would you like to also speak on it first? Yeah, I mean, it was just a touching moment that, you know, we did not expect to get just because of, like, yeah, I think when we first heard they were going up that mountain again, it's just like, oh, another of these. But yeah, it ended up having a great story and just a great, like, moment of two people bonding from different teams, but because of their shared identities. And so... I loved it. And also, especially like Shan saying at the end, like I've been, you know, talking to Jeannie and Ricard for 11 days and we've never had like that kind of bond, you know, like that instantly or just at all, even just even if it's like grown over 11 days. So again, just shows there can be very powerful moments and very important moments when we have more diversity. And I do wonder if, um, like Liana chose to go when after they chose Shan, you know, because I mean, we didn't see a lot of discussion, but it seemed like pretty quick that she decided she was going to go. So I loved it. To me, yeah, it was much more about the conversations than the strategy, because in the end, Shan was like, I can't even risk my vote anyway. <laughs> like that really doesn't matter at this point. So it was great. I loved it. Anna, how about it? Um, I'll just also throw in because I know in the past we've had conversations about Survivor, but also I think about the circle of like discerning when something is an alliance versus when something is a friendship. And I think this was a really interesting moment of more of a genuine bond than strategy, which was great and lovely to see. And they did have very open, honest conversations about like, we recognize that we're both Black women isolated from our other teammates now. And we know what that might look like or what people might think in terms of strategizing. And on top of that, we've seen just how close Shan is with Ricard. And so I think this beautiful moment that they had together is going to be really interesting when we do have them potentially in a space where they could work together and whether or not they will choose to do so. Just because of those conversations that we've had before of like, is it a friendship? Is it an alliance? Can you have one without the other in a game like this? And like, which is more valid? So I love that we saw them interacting and I'm, I'm very keen to see them interact within the game setting, like publicly, because I'm just cu- I'm curious to see uh, what they decide to do. And I'm rooting for both of them individually. So I hope that they choose to work together, but we will not know until we see it. I hope they both last that long. <laughs> Truly same. Stacey, you brought up this idea that, or this comment that Shan made about like, I've literally spent every day with Jeannie and Ricard and we haven't had this same like deep conversation. 
And something that she said that just like really, it was like a quote that I was like, this should almost be like your mantra. But she said, connections are bigger than just the time you spend with someone. And I literally was like, that is so poignant, like so real. And I think in this game of Survivor, she also, I mean, Shan was just like out here spitting truth. She was like, you can't trust anyone, but you must, you have to fully trust someone. It was really interesting to see her have this like very genuine connection with another woman of color and have this like moment of like, we could help each other, but also be really on the DL about it and like come out just totally at the end, like, haha, motherfuckers, like we did that. <laughs> Y'all weren't aware, but we did that. And I'm so excited to see where that goes in this like weird, whatever's happening at the merge, which we'll talk about in a second. We'll make some predictions. All right. So let's talk about the fact, Stacey, you brought it up, I believe that you said that Shan was like, I'm not going to give up my vote anyway, because I'm going to tribal. So I'm going to protect my vote. So go ahead and get the advantage. And the advantage was, had another stupid name. So let me, the knowledge is power advantage. Sorry, doesn't that like, wasn't that like a circle advantage too? Or no, that was popularity or something, but it like didn't make sense. I feel like Jeff just says knowledge is power, like regularly. Like he's like, in this game, knowledge is power. Do you know what I mean? We've definitely yeah. had a knowledge is power advantage before. Cause I, again, I brought this up on when we were on Speaking Llama this week, because when they said the knowledge is power advantage, I was like, oh, so she gets to sit in on someone else's tribal council. Because it, uh, didn't we have that? And that was called the knowledge is power probably. advantage. So I'm like, we're reusing a name, but we're not doing the same concept. And I, I get it. I don't think it was given that name before. I think Jeff just used to say like, not I swear it had that name. I swear. Or we talked about it under that name. Maybe he did, but I feel like what Jeff did in those moments where he's like, you're going to get to sit in on tribal council, he'd be like, and like everybody's going to tribal council, but the first tribe to win gets to go to the other tribe's tribal council. Mm-hmm. At a key point in this game when knowledge is power, you are going, uh, like, I think it's just Jeff says that all the time. But this didn't feel like knowledge equals power. Like to, th- to me, this is like knowledge equals advantage. Yeah. if used correctly but like the the inherent knowledge of knowing who has an idol or an advantage is not inherently powerful but it is now because you can take it from them but it's only powerful once you have the item like you are only powerful with the item i don't know i had an issue with the name it's a dumb advantage i'm gonna go on record dumb advantage but let me tell you what it is basically knowledge is power advantage means liana can pointedly ask one person one question one time It was in bold letters on the stupid fucking parchment. They can ask, do you have an idol or an advantage? And if the answer is yes, they can have it. But if the answer is no, they're just shit out of luck. I need more information. As always, with the fucking advantages, I need more information. Stephen Fishback was on Twitter like, huh? No, this is dumb. He basically goes, this takes away the whole idea of like lying gets you through this game. Because he's like, can you not lie and say no? Or you have to tell the truth. He's like, I think, I think part of it is like, they have to tell you the truth because it's, that's the advantage. He's like, that's straight up not survivor anymore. Like, and I was like, you're not wrong. That's not really my issue with it. I I need the logistics of this. Like, give me a document of how this is going to go down. Like, do you bring it to a producer and say, I want to use my advantage with this other person? Or are you showing them the advantage? They do it at tribal council. Yeah. They can't lie. It happens at tribal. Oh, it's council. a tribal. I like this advantage. I did too. I like this thing. And also, Liana's the perfect person to get it because she knows all the advantages that Xander has. So, like, she could just like take her pick and take his idol or his extra vote, like whatever she wants. 
I think it's a good advantage. I didn't say it was I think it was, You called it stupid. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> you called it stupid. I do like it too because, yeah, the name does not match it at all. The name is But dumb. I do think a lot of people like didn't hear the tribal part because I heard idol chatter and they were wondering too, like, when do you do it? And how do you like make sure they tell the truth? But it is at tribal. I think I liked it more than the other advantages just because it's, it's like new, but it's not too confusing. It's like, ask this person what they have and get it. <laughs> and I like having something that like straightforward. So I think in a season like this where everyone seems to know everything because nobody can keep a secret, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the kind of advantage that midway through it was like a let's throw it in in the moment kind of producer choice of like, okay, everybody knows not everybody, but most people are choosing to share their information of what they have. So let's throw this in the game, see who's been paying attention. Because I do think, I kind of agree with what you're saying, Aggie, about like, okay, but isn't Survivor about like how well you can deceive. And I do think that that's true. But I don't think that this advantage takes away from that. Because in order for someone to successfully play this, someone already has given something away, you know? I can't imagine someone just using it as like a shot in the dark. Oh, I wonder if this person has something. I'm going to try to take it. Like in order to use it successfully, something would already have had to have been revealed by someone. And then it kind of falls on them of like, are their skills of deceit good enough? Or is the person with the advantage still doubting whether or not they were being truthful and therefore they're going to get played? So I, I do think it still calls in that aspect of like, how well can you lie? And... Yeah, I don't know if I like it too. I would love the edit of like somebody stealing it from someone and then they give them the idol, but then like plot twist, they had a second idol. And so they still like are safe at that vote or like they use their Sean the Dark thing because now they clearly know that they are the target. I don't know. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I really liked it. I thought, it was, I think it's very interesting. And and I agree with you, like in a season where everybody's just saying every single thing that they have, this is very interesting. And like, it does, when it's played once, like people are going to be like, okay, I need to be a little bit more cautious. And it's kind of like uh, the producers being like, shame on you for telling everyone your fucking business. Cause like, look what we're doing to you now. And so it's like, T, T, ooh, I'm, I, I'm lit for it guys. I, I'm lit. Any other thoughts? I'll be the odd man out here. I just don't like it, but that, that's neither here nor there. It could be great. It'd be great. You guys have made great points. I think it's kind of weird, but like, here we are. I'm just ready. Honestly, like with any advantage, like even now the idol finally being in play. I mean, I guess that's just an idol. It's not like that special, but I'm just ready to see any advantage be used. The shot in the dark, like I'm ready now. Go ahead and use it. Like, I just feel like we have all these things waiting. So it's going to be wild. Like once the merge. Do the castes have forgotten about the shot in the dark? Well, I thought like, didn't Jeannie mention it recently, but then didn't do anything. Also, like, this doesn't have anything to do with the award or anything, but, like, just thinking of things that the, they've kind of forgotten about. What, like, we haven't seen the food, the lack of food, be an issue for these castaways. And now it's, like, day 12. And I'm kind of like, why did you make it such a big deal that they are not giving any food if you're not going to show us that it's, like, harder on them? Because we haven't seen any issue with that. And I'm sure there has been issues. Like, I'm sure that they are all starving and, like, tired. But you're not making it an edit, so it kind of makes the it just kind of makes it not worth my time for you to have mentioned this. Like it, like it almost just like just give them all their food, what then you normally do, because like it, you didn't make it a part of the show. 
that was just something that I've been noticing about this edit as well. I think they did a little bit like Yasa when they kept losing at the beginning and they didn't have fire, they were like talking about like Tiff was like on day four was like, I can't even think straight because I haven't eaten. I think the edit has been the opposite actually in that like, or not the opposite, not the edit, like Sydney was, has been providing for her team in ways that like make up for the lack of rice or whatever. And it's an edit I don't care about. So it's probably why we didn't pay attention to it. But yes, I agree. It's not as, it's not as much at the forefront as I would have thought it would be. And then other thing that happens before tribal council is we just have this like back and forth between Shan, Ricard, and Jeannie because there's only three of them. One of them has to go home. And Shan gave Ricard her extra vote advantage that she took from JD. She gave that to Ricard before the challenge in case the, what's it called, didn't get activated, the immunity idol. Then she goes on this excursion, meets and talks to Liana, realizes that there's options for her outside of just Ricard in this game. While she's gone, Ricard basically says to Jeannie, like, let's get out Shan. All is a ruse, but I, I think Shan was not expecting him to bring it up. I think he was expect she was expecting Jeannie to bring it up and Ricard to just kind of like nod along. I need to know if Ricard was like in the theater at some point in time, because he is a fabulous actor. He's gay, of course, he was in the theater. Don't put him in a box like that. Don't I'm not, put him, I'm putting the gays in a box. That's what I mean. Like, don't put the gays in a box like that. I, he is very convincing. He tries to convince Jeannie to vote for Shan. Shan gets back, hears from Jeannie that he did that. And she starts to freak out. She's like, I want my advantage back. And he's like, no, because then there's no reason for you to keep me. And she's like, well, yeah, but if you have it, there's no reason for you to keep me. And they're basically playing chicken with each other being like, remember what we did to JD? I have PTSD. So do you. And now we're like, fuck is happening. What do we do? How do we trust each other? It was very stressful to me to watch this, but I think it truly was a reaction to them being like, shit, you know what we just did to that one guy? We could literally do it to each other. Like, I think it was a really interesting like version of the dynamic of a, of a two being like actually struggling with like, are you my number one? And it was very interesting, but that was my read on it. I don't think it was like, Shan didn't trust Ricard or Ricard didn't trust Shan. I think they were both reeling from the fact that they were like, they had the realization at the same time, like we both did this to JD. So how can I trust we're not going to do it to each other? It was kind of heartbreaking to watch. And to be honest, I just want them to be friends again. Like let's fast forward to next week's episode when they're friends again. Um, but I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this sort of like back and forth circling of the three of them before tribal council. I think, and this might be getting ahead with um, what I see is your next, one of your next items on the plan. But to me, it is becoming overwhelmingly clear that as tight as the two of them are, and as much trust as there is between them, we are inching towards what's going to be an individual game at some point, and perhaps some point sooner rather than later. Because they do share this moment. I mean, after all of the back and forth at camp of like, I gave you the thing, I want the thing back. But then there was a moment at tribal council where there was an exchange between Ricard and Shan, where like Jeff was talking to Ricard and he was, he was basically breaking down like, here's what I do. And here's what Shan does. And together we achieved this. But the way that he laid it out was very poignant because Shan kind of had like a little eyebrow raise just in the emphasis on like here's the stuff that Ricard does and here's the stuff that Shan does and there was a very clear divide in the way that he explained it where he was like I let like I lay the plan I set the trap blah 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 and then like Shan closes it out but it 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 was very much like I do the bulk of the work and then like Shan Shan finishes it and it was just a little like oh 
like we're, we, we established our trust. We, we had our little spat at camp. We're good. The vote's going to, we're going to vote Jeannie and stay true to each other as an alliance. But a jab was taken, I thought. And as we, as we inch towards an individual game, like, unless we're looking at a Rob Amber situation, which I do not think that we are, they are going to have to turn on each other at some point. And I think that was really clear in the way that we saw this go down. Yeah, it was just very fascinating. Like just seeing them have this like tense moment and they're both kind of like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like it was just this like awkward, no, I'm not like, why do you need it back? Like, why would I give it back right now and just have nothing? Like, which makes perfect sense. But it's also like, if someone won't give it back, then you're like, oh, <laughs> like what's happening? So it was just very interesting to watch. It's like, you know, when there's just these like conversations, you almost feel like you shouldn't be watching. <laughs> like you're almost like, this feels like a private thing. And I know it's a show, but I just like feel like this is their thing to, to figure out on their own. I really do view Ricard and Shan as Tommy and Lauren, except like Ricard would be Lauren and Tom would be Shan. And so I'm just so curious to see what happens like, yeah, down the road with the merge and how long they really do stick together. Or if Ricard is like, I mean, I'm not going to win if I just keep kind of being her like wing person, you know? So I'm very, very curious. And I really did think one of them was going to go home. I don't know if I'm like the only one who was just like, I think they're about to cut each other loose. It was riveting, I would say. Again, actors. They're actors. I was taken in. I was like, oh, no. But Anna, I think your point about a shot was taken is not is not something to like just dismiss, right? Like what he said, I think, was so convincing because it came from a place of truth. and so. I will be intrigued to see if their relationship is the same going into what we assume is a merge, even though Jeff made it very clear that something weird is happening. Nick, do you have any other thoughts on this before we go to tribal? I understand like Shan's point of view and like why she was asking about it. But like, for some reason it really bothered me. Like I was more bothered at Shan than I was at Ricard. And I don't know if that's because like I've been team Ricard more so than team Shan or like, I don't know, but it, it like really bothered me more with Shan freaking out because Ricard was like, well, I was going to give it back to you. But now the fact that you're having a meltdown in front of me and freaking out and yelling at me to give it back to you makes me not want to give it back to you, which like is very understandable. Yeah, I do agree. Like Shan, I think she is just being a little too like anxious I hate to say it because you can't help it if you're anxious but like I think she just needs to like settle down a little bit um it, but it really I know I keep bringing up Tommy and Lauren I don't I didn't even like talk about them this much on the actual season but it reminds me of when Tommy at some tribal I think Dean like gave him that info that Nora was actually gonna like vote him out and Tommy just was like so angry that he like didn't have information for once like that something was like happening behind his back and I feel like this is going to be Shan. Like she just, if she doesn't actually have like, I need all the advantages. She was upset when JD like didn't tell her about his thing. And it's like, he doesn't have to. <laughs> like there's supposed to be a secret. Get, like if she doesn't have all the info, she does panic. And I hope it's not her downfall because I love her. I was just going to say, Stacey, like I love her. But like if she continues on this road that we're seeing of her like panicking, getting paranoid, freaking out it's only going to get worse from here because in theory, this should have been a very easy vote. You and Ricard have been number one since day one. So like you're, you shouldn't have any paranoia. 
like maybe like a little like in the back of your brain like you always do it's survivor but like in theory this should have been a very easy vote to just get rid of genie and she like had a breakdown and like freaked out rightful like i mean like again we've never been in this position it's survivor i'm sure you're on edge all the time anxiety ridden but if you're this anxious you're freaking out and you're this paranoid right now what is going to happen when you are merged and it's only heightened and it only gets worse i just want to add to that you guys are playing from the bottom now yeah like i totally hear all the other comments about the two of them but like if you want to survive past the merge you you're playing from the bottom so you guys have to be a united front it can't be like oh i'm not certain about you anymore I honestly don't think it's necessary to really talk about tribal council because we kind of just talked about everything that came up at tribal council. So spoiler alert, if you've gotten this far and didn't realize Gina goes home after all that, after 20 minutes of just absolute chaos and us all being like, are they actually going to throw each other under the bus? Like I'm a little concerned. The one thing that did come up in tribal that we're going to talk about in rapid fire, but I do just want to bring up, they did bring up that the merge is looming. And like, it's coming, it's soon. And so there is sort of conversation, much how we have already addressed it, but there is conversation about like, well, what does that actually mean for this game and the players who are playing it? So we'll, we'll give some predictions during rapid fire. But that being said, that was the end of episode five, the strategist or the loyalist. Sorry, something about tribal that like I did bring on to Aggie too. Never mind. Um, no, no, no. It was just like, Jeff was very poignant in like the way he spoke. He was like, historically, the jury starts after the merge. And so, like, I don't know if he was doing, I don't know. I just feel like we have to bring it up because he was very poignant to say it explicitly that way. One point was, like, something, 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 unless the jury starts tonight. And I was like, is the jury going to start tonight? Like, and TBH, we could get to next week tribal council and he could be like, and here's your first member of the jury, Jeannie. Like, he could also be like, everyone's on the jury. Yeah, like, we don't know. He, he like, literally could have just been baiting us and being like, unless it starts tonight, which yeah. it does. I think the monster's coming. I think it's this coming week. <laughs> anyway, so I apologize for skipping tri- over Tribal Council. That was important. So thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Um, now we'll get into our final segments of our episode. These should be pretty quick. I feel like they're not like crazy amounts of time, but we will give each other a chance to do our castaway of the week. So Nick, I believe I put you first. So tell me who you're... I'm sticking with Ricard. Team gay, team Ricard. I'm about it. Anna, you're up next. Just, I'm really interested to see, Nick, who you change it to when he gets voted out. But oh, we'll see. Okay, so I had Nasir last week and Liana the week before. My gut reaction this week is to go back to Liana, but for consistency's sake, I'm going to stick with Nasir, though I think they're both moving right on up and I want to pick both of them but I am going to pick Nasir he's got an idol in his pocket now he's taking center stage if we do have a merge coming something that I said fairly recently I think he's going to be a huge threat once we hit the individual game because I don't think anyone's going to be able to beat him in the challenge and now he's got an idol and he doesn't seem to have a ton of um, allegiance to anyone so he's kind of a free agent in my mind so I'm, I'm hoping he makes it to the individual game because I think he's going to be a star. Big things on the horizon from this year. In Big theory. things. Stacey, who you got, my girl? Um, I'm going to pick Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I honest, that wasn't as big. I thought you would all have like your jaws dropped. <laughs> I 
just like, I wish I hadn't been muted. That was because I, I choked a little bit. Yeah, I literally was like, I, I was can like, type no. that in, but like, if you really want that, we have questions. But I was like, I'm going to give her her space. I, Aggie, I don't. But I was like, no. That was bad. Aggie was like, how do I not judge her right now? Hold <laughs> on, judging. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then Nick was just like, what? Okay, but no, I mean, uh, it's actually hard. Like, I think I'm sticking with Shan because she now has an idol and an extra vote. Like, she does have a lot going in. And she, I think she and Ricard can, like, work out their issues. But Nasir is a close second. And honestly, Liana did great. But I'm going to go with Shan. I'm going to go with Shan. Technically, she doesn't have her extra vote right now. Oh, oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. I just think, like, he. I feel like he's going to give it back. But no, that's true. I'm going to pick Liana. Because, like, it is Danny in my heart. But, like, he's just not in any episodes. So, like, it's Danny, but it's not. It's Liana. Mainly because I'm very excited for her to work with Shan. I think that's going to make her a power player at the merge. Because she could get Shan and Ricard, who are very, very good and would be very good allies. And she can like Loki take either of Xander's advantages. So I think she's poised to be a player. I don't know if she's poised to be the winner. She'd have to get a pretty strong edit, like over, I don't know how many episodes we have left, but it feels like not that many. So she would have to, I think, get a very strong edit over the next, you know, two or three episodes for me to start to feel like, oh, maybe she could be the winner. But as of like for this week, I think she has done some winner worthy things. So Liana's my vote. All right. That being said, we must vibe check the one and only Jeffrey Probst. I want to be honest. He was not the main figure in this week's episode. I didn't, I have had 50 Jeff needs a vibe check moments most episodes so far. I only had three this week. So I'm a little nervous that if I let you guys go first, you'll take them all, but we're going to see how it goes. Stacey, you're up first, my love. Jeff check, Jeff check. That's not what I meant to say, but it works. Go, your turn. I, I can't go first. <laughs> Stacy. I'm unprepared. Stacy, this is why I send you the plan beforehand. So you know you're first. And I should know, like, this is a weekly segment. I just forgot. <laughs> also, if you look, I haven't had you start yet. <laughs> so I'm trying to be fair. I'm like, what did you... You're right, though. Jeff was, like, not... He, like, wasn't, he wasn't the main character. He didn't have main character energy this week. Yeah. That's okay. You think about it, Anna, you can go. And then Stacy, you will go after Nick. Okay. You can go right before me. I wrote down one thing and one thing only, and it is so premium. We're at tribal council and Jeff's, Jeff's, <laughs> are you shaking your head? Cause you know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm absolutely going to take mine and I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. I hope that this is yours. And Jeff stares at them all in the eyes and he goes, what's the blood pressure and he's he slaps his arm as if he's about to shoot up and i i assume he means what's the stress level because what's the blood pressure is not a question that you would ever ask anyone in this situation and it's that he like he half does the like gen z sheesh but he also like slaps his arm his vein as if he's about to do heroin and it's it's not a vibe i'm so angry right now that's so I'm so mad. What's the blood pressure? I think he's trying to do the arm thing at the grocery store where you get your blood pressure taken. Oh, I interpreted it as he was about to shoot up drugs. (laughs) But I also thought it was she. I think it was him trying to be like, you know, when you get your blood pressure taken at the doctor. But still, what's the blood pressure is not. I don't know. If you have the blood pressure of the drug. (laughs) You have high blood pressure when you're tense. I don't know why we're doing this movie. Like, show it. 
I'm also so like, bad. It was so bad. What's your pulse? Like, are you good? Like, are you how, how are we feeling? I don't know. I don't know what he meant, but it was incredible. I've never said that before. <laughs> so oh. after 20 years, when you get a new Jeff phrase, it's a little concerning. It was not it. It was not it. I'm so mad you took mine. I'm so mad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. I knew I should have gone first. It's fine. You delivered it better than I would have. So I'll, I'll defer to you in this moment. Nick, do you have a vibe check moment or yours also that moment? No, it's not. Mine was different. It was, um, he was getting ready to start the challenge and he just like, explains it in a whisper he's like all right everybody here we go and i was like ew why are you whispering in this growl sir but then he growls when he goes immunity is up for grabs yeah he was like like, he's like all right everybody immunity's up for grabs and i was like sir is this what you sound like in the bedroom because like i'm about it but i'm not about it like yes but not in that way you know Yes, but I'm also never thinking about Jeff in the bedroom. In the That's bedroom. a lie. How are you not thinking about Jeffrey Brooks in the bedroom? Not in season 41. You gotta give it all you got. <laughs> not in season 41. Keep digging. <laughs> oh my God, you're the worst. Stacy, <laughs> it's your turn. Okay, I'm actually hoping that you do have this one, Aggie, because I'm going to vaguely describe it, and then you can actually, like, give the quote. <laughs> okay, so after some scene, it's like going to commercial, and he's doing another like pitch for applying for Survivor. But I can't remember what he says. He's just like, deceit and lies or something. Like, this could be you if you apply. I have no idea what he says, but I remember just being like, is this a weekly thing now? Where he has to like- Definitely is going to be a weekly thing. Stacey, I have to I have to be honest with you. We watched on Paramount Plus rather than on- uh, We didn't see the commercial for casting. Dang it. I, I do normally do that because we normally watch on YouTube TV. And we watch like right after. So if Jeff comes on after to give us a give us a little promo for the cast, watch it because he's gonna be wild and out. But we watched on Paramount Plus, so I didn't have that. The only other one I wrote down was when (laughs) when Ua loses their third immunity challenge. Jeff goes, "I'm gonna continue to hang on to your flinch as punishment," (laughs) like very aggressively. (laughs) I'm like, Jeff, Jeff, they already know that you're keeping their flinch. You don't need to add as punishment. (laughs) So it was it was even worse. It was as punishment for losing. Like, just a reminder, you fucking lost. I was like, okay, Jeffrey, calm the fuck down. You know you're going to see them at Tribal. You could make them feel worse later. Just just keep their flint, my guy, and show up at Tribal Council. All right, so those were our vibe checks. Let's hit it up rapid fire. These are going to be short. I was uninventive with my rapid fire this week, but let's try Okay, let's start with the Shan side of this argument. If you're Shan, do you ask for your advantage back if you're feeling a little well nervy about what's going to happen at tribal stacy no i think it makes you look more more suspect or sus so no you can't ask for it you can ask after but not before anna yes depending on who you're asking there are certainly some people playing this game right now that had she said hey can i have my thing back they would have been like yeah of course um ricard was not one of those people but i don't fault her for asking like it's it's your stuff and it ended up in someone else's hands, you got to do everything you can to get it back. Yeah. No, it makes you look suspicious and immediately like makes the other person sus of you. You, I just feel like you lose trust, Aggie. I think if it's you and Ricard, you don't ask. But Anna, I think your point about if it's anyone else, you maybe ask for it back. But I think if because it's Ricard and he knows what that then would mean if you're asking for it back, it's just going to open a can of worms. Now, on the flip side, you're now Ricard. Shan comes to you. She says, can I have my advantage back? Do you give it back? 
reverse order nick hell no y'all like have you y'all seen the um meme on twitter of, like the red flags like that's an immediate red flag hey can i have my advantage back right before we go to tribal council no and uh are you giving is as ricard are you giving the advantage back um no but but like that wouldn't stop me from voting someone out i'm just gonna say it like not to flip back into the other side of things but if someone had my advantage and they were like no i need to hold on to it for insurance that you're not going to vote me out like i'd still vote him out so i don't think he's wrong for holding on to it for that reason but i don't think it's foolproof I think in this moment it was the right move, but I don't think it's the kind of thing that will ultimately like save you. Cause like if someone's going to vote you out, but they're like, Oh, I got to get my thing back first. They're not going to not vote you out just cause you have it. I think, but I don't, I don't think he should give it back in this situation. Stacey? It, no, I don't think I would give it back. I don't, I think he, I think he handled it the best way he could, honestly. And he was like, after this, I will give it back. I'm not like keeping it forever, but you realize how this is very, very uncomfortable now. So I would say no. I think you said it the exact same way I would say it, Stacey. So I'm going to just defer. Go back 15 seconds and listen to what Stacey said. That's my answer too. All right. Last question of the day. We saw a preview for the next episode. And instead of it just being sweeping edits of people having feelings or like a slow pan across someone's face, as like next week on Survivor, they actually tell us like something's actually fucking happening. And Jeff says, drop your buffs, but, and then it shows some feelings and we're back to our normal edit for what's going to happen next week. So guys, we know there's a twist coming with the merch. Like that has been confirmed. What do you think it is? I don't have a fucking clue. I think I'm like thinking like maybe they are just going to two tribes and they'll do that for like one or two episodes and then fully merge but I don't know that's just like my running theory because I feel like they usually do that when they start off with teams of three they go down to two before they actually merge but again it's unclear anyone else what do you what do you think is gonna happen I I mean I have no because they keep saying it's something that's never happened I'm like I don't know but I think they are merging but they're no 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 I think they're going to live on the same tribe as each other, but not actually be merged. Like it's gonna be like one world, except not for, it's one world, except that's never happened from the big, or like midway, right? I don't it think. It happened in Thailand. That happened in Thailand? Like they were on different tribes, but living together? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember Thailand. Oh yeah. Well, she man went home. Well, that, uh, I don't know what it could be that's never happened, but that's my closest guess. Anna? So it changes every time I think about it. And I thought one thing after the episode and now I think a different thing. But as of this current moment, I think what might be happening is potentially we're merging, but they're still going to be playing on teams, like three different teams. So like one quote unquote tribe will still go to tribal council after the challenge, but it will not necessarily be a cohesive tribe because we will all be playing an individual game, but like mixing it up and not all living together. I think it's going to be like that Rana, like Ghost Island, where they have that one day where they're in a purple and mm-hmm. tribe, or they have it in another. I, I think it's going to be something like that, where it's like, maybe it's something like half of them are safe based on a certain challenge, or you play like against one other person, whoever wins is safe and whoever loses is up for elimination. I think they're going to play with that aspect of it. Um, but I, but I don't know what or how. 
Anna, you just seem to have an idea. I have an idea, but it's because I watched Squid Game. So if nobody else watched Squid Game, I don't want to spoil part of Squid Game. And I don't think, like, think Stacy or Aggie are going to watch it. Okay, I think it would be really interesting yeah. if we had them compete in pairs against one another, like pick a partner, and mm. then each person that wins is safe, and then each person that doesn't win has to go to tribal. So like you're going as a group, but you're not, like that group is completely random, potentially. That would be, be fun. I don't think that's going to happen, but that can happen someday. Going to find out. How hype are we for the merge, though? Wow. Oh, are we hype? Yes, I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah, guys, the silence was not the answer I was Everyone expecting. was muted. <laughs> I'm more hyped for the jury than Emerge. And I don't necessarily think we're going to get them at the same time. But I'm like, I'm more hyped for people to come back with a vengeance and be on the jury than I am for people to play on Emerge Tribe. Y'all, what if the jury starts voting people out? Oh my god. I, honestly, it could happen. <laughs> Honestly. The jury is the monster. There it is. Jury is the monster. <gasps> Confirmed. Confirmed. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> wrap this thing up. <laughs> it's wrapped, Stacy. We out. Catch you on the flip side, Escaping Reality fans. See you next week or on Thursday for RuPaul's Drag Race season, <laughs> UK season three, episode five as well. So love you. Mean it. Let us know what you think about episode six. We'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Escaping Reality. We're so grateful to have you all in our podcast fam. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow for new episode notifications. We love interacting with you and want to hear your take on the season. Slide into those DMs at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram or tweet us your feels at ESC Reality Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and hit us up. If you're a Survivor alum, we'd love to chat with you about your experience and or any of your Survivor feels. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at escapingrealitypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for escaping reality with us. Thank <laughs> you.